if we're trying to give and serve from a deficit, no one is served. When we do what is in the highest alignment for us, truly, it is in the highest alignment for everyone, even if they don't like it. Welcome to Cosmic Rx Radio, a podcast that gives you real-life tools of spiritual empowerment and pure hype. I'm your host and intuitive guide, Maddie Murphy. I'll be serving up your weekly energy readings, cosmic boss interviews, and astro inspiration. Are you ready to love yourself more, manifest your dream life, and own your magic? Let's jump in. Hello, everybody. Okay, today I need my business baddies, my lunar leaders, my conscious creatives to the front because you're going to want to be taking notes for this app. We have on the podcast someone you might have known. They're known as the badass female African shaman you need in your life right now. So luckily, she's here right now. We have on the podcast um, Makosi Nejazir, who is known as the royal shaman. Can't wait to dig into that. And she is the world-leading African shaman specializing in human potential and energetic alignment. We're already buzzing just from that (laughs) sentence. She mentors high-performing individuals to create powerful transformations, amplifying their wealth and impact. She's known as a spiritual guide for empire builders, and she turns entrepreneurs into conscious leaders. She advises thousands in her online communities to become disruptive visionaries, again, keywords we live for around here and make more alignment with their purpose, making more money in alignment with their purpose. Huge, huge, huge. And she is a soul ascension master teaching her followers to connect with their highest self, unlocking legacy, freedom, and fulfillment. And she is a fully initiated Senusi Zulu shaman and trained in ancient Egyptian spirituality through the Dogon Mystery School. Makosi works with serious seekers to change the world while attaining true prosperity and abundance beyond success. I am going to tell you right now, I'm obsessed with her work. I can't get enough. I'm going to be here just taking notes alongside all of you. So meet your new spiritual bestie. Welcome to the show, Makosi. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much for having me. And I'm like, damn, I want to meet her. Who are you reading about? That's what I love. It's so funny because I've got a lot of podcasts that do put the intro in later, which I totally get because sometimes it's nerve wracking to read it in front of you. But I almost like to do it to get us really present with like, I'm a fucking badass. Like, you know, you're like, I did all that? It me? Her, she's cool. Can I hang out with her? Can autograph? And I'm like, there's something so anchoring, especially I work with so many female badasses. And we like always forget. We're like, oh, yeah, I'm, I'm doing a lot and I'm kind of amazing. <laughs> I'm like, right before we hopped on, I was making sure my son was eating his beef raviolis. Right. (laughs) You're like, yes, all that. Royal shaman, hundo P, but also just like (laughs) my son has his beef ravioli. Oh my God. I love it. The mystical and the mundane. It's all here. Everyone on this podcast who comes on has an interesting story, plot twist, pivot points, like, hello, spirit-led, living, multidimensional, multi-passionate people are the only people I love to converse with. But you have a very interesting story of how you got here. And again, you're walking such a unique and powerful path. So would you mind telling people, everyone listening, a little bit in your own words, what you do, what you say you do when you're, I don't know, 
hanging out with people at a cocktail party. Do people even go to cocktail parties anymore? I don't know. But like, what do you do in your own words and a little bit about like your journey of becoming this version of you? Yeah. I mean, I could sum up what I do in really concise, but also doesn't fully encompass (laughs) what I do. But really what I do is support entrepreneurs into their highest calling and their legacy. So many of them come to me and they've plateaued. Maybe they've created success that fits the status quo and maybe life is actually good for them. But they find me or we cross paths at a pivotal moment when they know that they are called into so much more and they're really seeking depth, really seeking expansion and growth. They're ready for the journey, which really is a lifelong journey of self-discovery. Uh, per- again, I know someone like you doing what you do very hard to distill it into like a mere words and a sentence, but thank you. And I think it's really helpful because it's very clarifying and exactly what you said about like working with people who probably have achieved a lot of success on paper or whatever that means, but coming to you at a moment of like, there's something more, right? And And what does that mean? And I love... One thing I want to circle back to in our talk is legacy. Before our interview, I went to a graduation this weekend and a celebrity football player spoke and his whole thing was about like legacy and leadership. And then I was listening to your podcast and I was like, okay, that's the vibration. Someone out there needs to hear about this right now. But obviously I'm getting ahead of myself. So tell us, how does one do what you do? How does, how did one become the royal shaman? Like, tell us about that journey. Yeah. You know, I think it's only in hindsight that we look back on our life and realize that all of the little experiences that we were having were preparing us for that next evolution. And and sometimes we experience things that don't make sense, but in the grand scheme, absolutely do. So I grew up in small town, Southern West Virginia, which by the way is, well, at least back then, there was quite a lot of racism My mom was a single teen mom. It was, needless to say, a very challenging upbringing. And I was always just different. I came into this life actually remembering who I was in a previous life and telling my mom all sorts of weird stories, being able to see spirits in certain environments, so on and so forth. But it wasn't until my early teenage years that my best friend was murdered at 15. And I realized that my gifts were real because she appeared at the end of my bed, just as real as you and I sitting here having a conversation. And from that moment on, I really started just being curious about what is the unseen What is making people tick? What is the kind of like, uh, we could say, spiritual goo that then manifests into this solid reality? I, I became obsessed with this. And I entered into this domain around really just noticing all of these kind of overlapping stories and narratives from religion. And I was like, guys, there's something deeper here and something connecting all of us. So why are we so divided? But 
all of that aside, I could say I actually was probably living like three lives, three different lives at the same time, because there was this aspect of me that got really into personal growth at a super young age, 15, 16. There was also this prominent dominant side who was the high achiever. She was the one Mm. who very young age, I discovered statistics at like nine or 10. And I read somewhere or somebody told me like the statistics, the likelihood of me succeeding with, you know, my mom being a single teen mom, me being mixed race, like in this very impoverished background. And I'm a little bit of a rebel. And so I was like, F that, that's not going to be me. I'm going to make it out. And it all became, I was like, I can't play sports. <laughs> I'm not coordinated. <laughs> I love looking at the list. Like, at all. Not, that's not my that, thing. Not that. I could sing, but I was never like a Fantasia or like some amazing singer. So I was like, I don't think that's going to be it. I better keep my grades up. And that's mm. going to be my thing. So I was hardcore with my education ended up graduating with a couple degrees. I got two degrees, two bachelor's degrees at the same time. It was a little bit of like overkill, like you're doing too much. And I was also working <laughs> full time. So oh my God. that whole situation, but then also I was having these, these health challenges as well that started around 15, 16. And It was very difficult for me to pinpoint what it was that no one could tell me actually what was going on, but I was experiencing all sorts of symptoms like pain in my bones and my, I would be getting sick all the time for no reason, or just vomiting randomly, losing tons of weight. I lost like 18 pounds one month for no reason. And I was just in and out of the doctor. So I'm living these three lives. And all of that starts to kind of merge together around maybe 22, 23, 24, when I graduated from college, went out and worked. I was working as a manager at Target for a period Mm -hmm. of time, and I had gone through a really difficult pregnancy. It was actually a year of me struggling to get pregnant and a year of struggling to stay pregnant, (laughs) almost Mm -hmm. a year anyway, and then ending up with postpartum preeclampsia when my son was born and I ended up in the hospital. And so here I had this like miracle baby to me and I had reproductive issues. So he was probably going to be my last one, by the way, he is still my only one. And I'm sitting here working at Target as a manager, which was quote unquote, a good job. I was getting paid well. I had benefits, da, 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 da. And I just wanted to be home with him. I just wanted to be with him. And so I came across a company called Pure Romance, a direct sales company. I ended up leaving my job and then entering into entrepreneurship through the door of direct sales, which most people fail at. (laughs) Like, let's be real. It's hard. It's very hard. And I ended up skyrocketing to success in that company within nine months. I was Mm. in the top 1.1% of the company And in these companies, you are getting free trips, you're getting designer handbags and cash bonuses, and you're walking on stage and you're like getting all of the things that everyone says you should want, right? Like I'm living that plus I've got like the hot husband, I've got the baby, I've got the house, I should be fulfilled. 
but I'm not. <laughs> this is it? I'm like, wait, I'm 24 years old and I hit this already? Like, what is the rest of my life going to be? Because this ain't it. So I started asking different questions to the universe. Like, who am I? Why am I here? What is the point of all this? And answers started to, sh they started showing up in experiences. And the very first really incredible synchronicity led me into the mystery schools. Long story short, I end up in these mystery schools. I start traveling back and forth to Africa. I'm in initiation. Mm. And this first initiation is really a deconditioning process. It's an unlearning process. It is meant to just challenge everything that you think about who you are, what's right in the world, what's wrong in the world, so on and so forth. And I was in that process for three years. And then after completion, well, even during the process, we're having what's called divination. And divination is a little bit different than a reading, like a tarot reading or psychic reading or something like that. Divination is all about identifying the root issues, the, the root cause of the symptoms that you're experiencing in your life, not just your health, but also some of the problems that you're having, like money coming in and won't stay or, <laughs> you know, <laughs> problems with your relationship with your mom, like those sorts of things. Yeah, There's always yeah. a spiritual root. And for me, it kept coming up that I was here to be a priestess, a spiritual teacher, Da 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 all of these things. And I just kept putting it off in my mind, like, yeah, okay, when I'm 50. Because, you know, my son was like a baby. You know, he's like a toddler, four or five. Like, I can't go off and do this. I'm I'm momming and also trying to, you know, run a business. But my health kept getting worse. <laughs> and that was mm -hmm. one of the manifestations. We call this the calling sickness. And through some more wild, crazy synchronicities, I ended up dreaming of my spiritual mother a year before I met her. And when I met her, we, of course, did more divination. And it said, well, you need to initiate to become what's called a Sangoma or a Zulu shaman. I get there. I complete seven initiations. We do an initiation for each one of the spirits that you have. And then I came home. And as things have evolved, my role really has moved into that I'm really here to be what's called a Sanusi. And a Sanusi is similar to like the Indian guru or an oracle, a teacher for the masses. A Sangoma or a shaman typically works one-on-one -on -one and that's an ancestral gift, which I also have, but I utilize my gifting from these various spirits and do my due diligence, really bringing through a new paradigm of consciousness for humanity. And I do that, at least at this moment, through the mechanism of business, because my spirits are connected with wealth, abundance, prosperity, beautiful things. And so that is, at least for now, what I really focus on and support people with, because it's really hard to create a legacy with no dollars. Honey, you are speaking my language. Hundred percent. One like, like, retweet, boost, post. I'm like, everything. I'm like, 
that is it. Like that's so much what it comes down to. And I think why I resonate with your work so much. I mean, I'm so like in awe of your journey and, and all the wisdom you have connected to, but I love the channeling it into a new paradigm and through the lens of business, because do you mind sharing your big three really quickly? Because I feel like it's a nice wrapping up of your story. Because the whole time you're talking, I'm like, bing, bing, bing. There it is. There's your... So do you mind sharing your big three, your sun, moon, rising for a second? Yes, yes. So my sun is Pisces, my moon is in Virgo, and my sun is in Leo. And many people tell me I look like a lioness. <laughs> yes, honey, you are lioness, regal, AF. So the whole time you're talking, I'm like, okay, yes, like Pisces, baby talking about i heard another podcast telling your mom like this is how you mummify me when i'm when i die and like you'll always like i'm like welcome to being a mom of a pisces you're just like making like dinner and you're like what the fuck like i'm like just, I'm, like, just like coming in like and like you, the knowing and like the spirits and being so connected and similar you know everyone knows this podcast knows i'm the inverse of virgo sun pisces moon so similar to you but different different it was like yeah, I just came into the world with a knowing of like, of course, I'd have past life dreams. I'll tell you, I'll tell you about them. Or of course, there's a higher consciousness. Of course, there's the unseen. I don't understand it all. But then I love your Virgo moon. It's like, but also be a perfectionist and do everything perfectly and do two degrees and like nail this and do this. And of course, like Virgo moon is like boss switch energy. I always say it's like, honey, I'm here to be of service but like make money, monetize my gifts and figure things out and create structures and systems. So I'm listening to this whole story. I'm like, Pi- okay, there's Pisces sun. Oh, there's Virgo moon. Okay, I'm out, Leo rising, duh, duh, duh. And then the end of the story of like, to me, the channeling, you know, like Pisces is big, like metaphysical watermelon through the keyhole of like Virgo moons, like, but make it practical AF. We've had generations of the spiritual heal- healers and leaders and gurus like in their tents, in their cave, in their retreat centers. Now we need people understanding this who are in the business realm, who are making money, who are have buying power, who are hiring, who are creating like, I'm like, that's like, honey, we live. our country is a corporation. Like, I'm sorry, we are business. Like USA is a business. Like, so to change things in our society, like we got to get in. And I, and I had that download years ago when I kind of started my entrepreneurial path. I was like, I mean, there's a lot of reasons. I'm a rebel. I'm ADHD. There's a lot of reasons why I couldn't work for a corporate America. Like I can't even get into it. But on the mystical, <laughs> spiritual side, I was like, yeah, I love this and I love consciousness. But I'm, you know, I'm born and raised New Yorker. I'm like, like it kept coming back, like business. And so when you say this in such a beautiful way, and I love like the shifting the paradigm, and I love that your guides and the spirits you work with, they're like, this is how you're meant to do it. And it just makes so much sense for you. And again, just listening to you talk and your energy, I'm like, yeah, I would sit in circle with you and do all of the quote unquote, yeah, like you, anything you want to tell me, divination, you want to like do anything over me, I'm like, done. But I could also see you again in a boardroom or talking, like you have that energy of like, we can go both ways here. Like I can do it all. And that's like the Pisces Virgo. I feel like we're here to help. I can be either in the moment or I'll be a little bit of both. So I, I love that journey. And I think it's so important for people to hear. Yeah, like there was that calling that was pulling to you. I like what you said about like the calling sickness, even though I'm sorry, you went through that physically, but it's like your soul's like more, more like Makosi, like this is like you're here, but like, this is great. But like, there's something keep pushing and, and keep being curious almost to the point where it's like bigger than you. Like I, ha- I had to keep doing this. I, I mean, I could go on for like five hours in this podcast. I just want to hear about like, I want to hear about these initiations. How did you get there? Like what was this journey from being like, hey, I'm like corporate sales, like killing the game, designer handbags to like in Africa. <laughs> I'm like, how does that even happen? But I also know that like that is the journey. Like we don't even get it. I do want to 
talk a little bit about like you have so much wisdom to share. So tell me a little bit about like, let's talk. Now you're here, you've arrived, people you work with, I'm guessing just find you. Like, I feel like you put out like a beam, <laughs> kind of laughing, like the people who probably find you, they're like, I don't even know how I found Makosi, but now here I am, like, years later, my whole life has changed. But what is some of the stuff that you're really passionate about? See, I know we talked about, when I heard you talking in the podcast, we didn't talk about it, I'm Pisces Moon. I was talking to you while I was listening to a podcast of you speaking, actually, I should clarify. But I loved, you know, one of the things that really stood out to me hearing you talk was about like wealth energetics and the blocks preventing you from prosperity because you just mentioned like we need money to do it. And I know we all know in the spiritual space, money is funny, honey. It's like people are like, we want it, we don't want it. We want to like be selfless, but like we got to pay our bills. And I think obviously there is a paradigm shifting and more people being like, it's okay to make money. It's okay to like call in money. In fact, spoiler alert kind of need to, like you need to. So can you talk a little bit about, you have some really interesting hot takes and perspectives that I think are different in this kind of conversation. So yeah, can you just share something about wealth energetics and, and your thoughts on them? Yeah. I mean, from my perspective, and I've spent countless hours in study and also exploration, wealth can be connected with divinity. So it's only like a more modern idea that to be poor is holy. Mm-hmm. Now, let me let me just let caveat that because there are in some spiritual spaces vows that people make in order to not obtain earthly goods. And that is their path. Okay. However, if we look back in ancient spirituality, The priests and priestesses and royal leadership was also usually of the most spiritual lineage. Because who do you want leading you? Do you want the person who doesn't have to answer to anyone or someone who is divinely connected and they have to answer to that divinity? Like there's literal consequences of not doing that. So it used to be structured that you had the most spiritual people in leadership. There wasn't a separation between the spiritual and the material. Then you would have the priests and priestesses, right, of temples. And these are people who are responsible for the spiritual well-being of their community, of all the people, right? And if you understand how this reality actually works is that every physical manifestation has its root in spiritual. Spiritual is the most important, period. So what you had is a culture of reverence for these individuals who were taking on this responsibility. Yes, there's power in that. But as they say, with great power comes great responsibility, Mm -hmm. right? They're shouldering this spiritual responsibility. And so People would come and they understood energetic exchange. Money is now how we perform energetic exchange, period. Mm -hmm. So if you desired to have a certain experience, there has to be an exchange because energy is never created or destroyed, right? It's only transformed. So you have to give energy in order to receive energy. So if you, for instance, came to a priest or a priestess, desiring something, 
you come and you bring your energy. Now, that could be livestock, that could be fruit, it could be, you know, whatever you had that was of value to you. Mm. And you would bring that and then you would receive tenfold. Tenfold is usually what I see happen when someone is willing, willing to release or let go of something. They usually receive it back times 10. And in my life, I've received 100x. Mm-hmm. I mean, just abundance overflows in so many ways. I feel so absolutely blessed. But I also was willing to make the ultimate sacrifices in order mm. to be here outside of like killing someone because I wouldn't have done that. But <laughs> right. Not the capital U ultimate sacrifice. You know, I did have you know, some like- limits, but <laughs> I was willing to sacrifice a lot in order to get here. So I think that's the thing that we, that really is trying to come back because what we really just need to understand is like how human beings work. It's really, really difficult to have a conversation about how you can serve and create and, you know, create this legacy if you can't afford to take care of yourself, first and foremost. If your family is struggling and so on and so forth. So that's why I look at some of the leaders that I work with. And by the way, success, quote unquote, being successful looks different for everyone. Some of my clients may come in and they're at 50K or 100K, but in their mind, that was what success meant to them. And they figure this out. For some of them, it's like, oh, I figured this out when I had a $10 million business or like $50 million business. (laughs) But I look at these individuals and the thing that they do have in common is that all of them are, are really called to bring through change and to affect more people than just themselves. And so I know that I'm bringing through certain values. I'm bringing through the paradigm through these individuals because they take them and then transform themselves. And that transformation then goes into the structures of their business. It goes into how they interact with their teams, how they interact with their clients, and those people are then affected by it. So that's how, at least right now, my change in the world happens. But Mm. it all starts with recognizing that If we're trying to give and serve from a deficit, no one is served. When we do what is in the highest alignment for us, truly, it is in the highest alignment for everyone, even if they don't like it. That that part, again, from someone who has lived through the embodied experiential knowledge of that, it's so true. It's like, this is actually for your highest good. It might not feel good in the moment, but me putting up this boundary or doing this thing. I'm sorry, it's uncomfy, but it. I swear we're going to end on the other side. And I've seen that enough times in my life to be like, oh yeah, that's 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 real. That's a real spiritual, universal truth. Oh God, I, I love what you said about that. It's such a good with the energy exchange. Because we hear these expressions thrown around, energy exchange, but you would really like dissect it and break it down and bring in our cultural, historical, and again, just like this universal truth background of, of why that's important. And I'm like, it's about sacrifice because even though it's not the ultimate sacrifice, we're not killing anybody, but there's always a sacrifice to like give up the good for the great or to kind of walk away from the thing 
that you worked really hard to build or that felt really good at a moment, be like, hey, spirit's going to ask you if you're going to step into a calling and do all of this. Be like, you're going to have to walk away from that. And it's like your ego is like, but wait, like this is what I was taught to really want or this is what I've been working my whole freaking life for. But one thing I heard you say in a podcast that before I get to my next point, my Virgo list, I'm like, there are some things I really, I love what you said, money. And like, okay, money is energy. It is very real. But I think like, to your point, there's other, you had said something in a podcast about like, there's other things happening with money is energy. Like there's other blocks and limitations that we're going to get to in a second of how we can move past that. But your take on money as a more like feminine yin energy was something that I was like, yes, like I was like yelling at the podcast because as an astrologer, when I started studying shamanic astrology and astrology that goes a little bit beyond like, you know, more to the soul level, cancer, which is the sign of the moon, the sign of the mother, the sign of the divine feminine, actually, I found out like, and, and it came to me always with astrology, something comes to me and then I read about it. I'm like, okay, it checks out. Like I had that download. My guides are like, cancer is the money energy because it's the current currency. Like it's the ocean, it's the ebb and flow, the infinite supply. And like, we think of money as the opposite, like the Capricorn across the axis, which is a part of it. But when you said that, I was like, yeah. So tell us a little bit about like to you, why does money or, you know, currency take on that like yin energy and, and what has that meant for you like in your life or what you do with your clients? Yeah, I started noticing this just in like my studies of worldwide spirituality and specifically ancient spiritual systems. And I noticed a pattern where most often I was seeing wealth associated with a goddess. Hello. Lots and lots of goddesses of wealth. And I started examining and studying why that is and really what they were representing. And some of these principles we can actually just see in women, right? Like a woman, especially if she's in touch with her if she's really in her feminine being. One of those things is that both money and women magnify, right? So we take what is given to us, we, we receive, and then we magnify it times 10. There's that tenfold thing again. But there, you know, we have beautiful sayings about this, right? Like if you give a woman a house, she'll make it a home. If you give her, if you give her groceries, she'll make a meal. Because we take what we're given and then we transmute it and we transform it into something greater, so much greater, as long as we're, you know, connected with that feminine aspect of ourselves. The other thing as well is that money is meant to move. It's meant to flow. Yes. Money does not work well when you just try to hoard it, (laughs) when you try to hold on to it, it literally will slip through your fingers, right? It's like water. If you try to hold on to it, it will slip through your fingers. It's only when you allow it to go out and come back in. It's kind of, it kind of moves like the tide ebbing and flowing and the tide can come back in more, right? And then there's periods of time where maybe it doesn't seem like there's as much, but ultimately it is ever expansive. Like when are we going to reach the limits of how much water there is. I don't know. It's not possible for us to really do. (laughs) We do not know. We do not know. (laughs) So there are lots of reasons why I think that coming at it from that, from that lens can be Mm -hmm. really beneficial. I know a lot of my peers will say like, no money is masculine. And 
What you have to understand about the feminine is that she really does need the structure, the systems, the processes, the containers of the masculine. Otherwise, she's swampy and all over the place, right? Like, if you don't have a glass to put the water in, it's My everywhere. favorite water analogy. It's like water <laughs> on a table on yeah. the floor is a mess. Not doing anything. Just mess. We need the container. We need like, we need the right. Container. And, and the better the container, the more powerful the water, right? Like, yes. fire hose can cut through freaking cement because that is like tight ass container <laughs> boundaries. Yes. Thank you for sharing. Oh my God. That's, oh yeah. Again, like retweet, retweet everything you're saying. Like so important to hear this because like, again, it, it's, if we're not understanding the root of the energy of money, like what, what kind of energy it is, we're just approaching it like kind of ass backwards and to say it in a crude way. But something else that I heard you speak about, and this is again, just the, the things that have been always are in my mind or that come up a lot with my clients. And I was like, ping, ping. So again, money, energy. But clearly, it's not always just about energetic alignment. And I like I like this because you do have this rebel energy. And I like how you take something that people say. And I'm the same way. I'm like, yes, but like, let's just turn that on its head a little bit and challenge that little cute quote meme Pinterest thing. It's like, yes, but because to your point, you know, we think of it all the time. We're like, well, energy, money's energy. It's about being in alignment. Like, there's a fuck ton of toxic ass billionaires and old white men who are just hoarding all the money and like i don't think they're in energetic alignment or like i don't think like, like what so talk to us a little bit about like i have heard you talk about this alignment and like the perceived value and our value and how we put ourselves out there in the world like as it relates to money because clearly obviously a lot of people who are heart-centered who are doing this work who want to show up consciously there's a lot of blocks around making money, but I think this of your conversation around like the perceived value and our worthiness is like probably one of the biggest components. I see so many people spreading this idea in, in spiritual spaces that like, oh, you just need to be in alignment and you will make money. And that just basically is perpetuating this idea that People who have money are in alignment and everyone else is misaligned. And that couldn't be further from the mm. truth. I like to speak about this around the abundance that's aligned for you will come. The abundance that's aligned for you will come. And for some people, no one wants to hear this. For some people, they might not even desire to have their authentic essence doesn't desire to have billions of dollars and, you know, huge teams and so on and so forth. And that's okay. We don't have to make everyone the same. This society teaches us that you're only good, worthy, so on and so forth, if you are making a billion dollars, right? And it's just never enough. So what we have to understand is that there are just basic principles around business, and where money flows, where money goes to. And all you need to understand about that is that money flows where someone is contributing perceived value because what they might be contributing might actually not be of the highest value. Like I remember learning that the president of the United States 
makes like a fraction of what, you know, one of the top NFL players makes. Totally. Right? And it's like, <laughs> which one is actually more valuable? You would think the leadership of the country, right? But right. that's not how it works. It's really all based around perception. It's why there's been so much marketing that literally transforms perception. And that can be a good thing or it could be a perceived bad thing, right? Like it just is what it is. So I know there's this saying, I kind of tweak it. There's this saying of like, God, please let me have the confidence of a mediocre white man. Prayer. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm going to just tweak it a little bit to like, God, please let me feel the worthiness of a mediocre white man. Because they feel like they are worthy of everything. They're like, Heidi Klum, Halle Berry? (laughs) What? If she was here, I would bag her. Like, that would be my wife. You know, like, money flows when we allow (laughs) ourselves to feel worthy of it, when we receive it, when we allow ourselves to believe that we are going to be good stewards of it. But it's in the belief of that we're going to be a good steward of it, because there are definitely people who are not. Actually, they're being quite harmful (laughs) in many ways. Quite harmful. Like, really, really harmful. But it's all about the belief. It's They don't believe that they're Mm -hmm. harming people, or they are justifying it somehow. So that's how powerful Mm -hmm. belief is. But that's our work. Oh my God. Oh, that's so important. I cannot tell you. So again, like, you know, started my first business 10 years ago. I had a really interesting opportunity from being in New York of like, I don't even know what I was doing, but I was just in these boardrooms sometimes or in these back door meetings with like these like really powerful, important like heads of bubble. And all I remember sitting in every freaking room was just like, you? Like, you? It's <laughs> like president of this big company or this big media mogul. Or, and I was like, this guy like and i was like oh my god like i just gotta start walking into the meeting with this energy of this guy it's like this guy is truly like i'm sorry and some of these people i met i'm like you're not that smart <laughs> you're really not that intelligent or not that like anything I'm like uh and and kind of started guiding me on that path of like okay money's energy but it's not just about like alignment because clearly like there's really good people i know in the world who are struggling and like they're feeling really aligned but yes like that that perception of the value that I bring to the table, the worthiness. And like, you know, I feel like, yeah, a lot of these mediocre old white men, they're like, I am the table. What do I bring to the table? I am the table. So I'm like going forward now with that energy, like damn right. Cause we also know that like, well, also like I'm going to do different. I'm going to be perfect with my money. I'm going to be perfect steward of it, but like, I'm going to be much better than that. And I'm going to do a lot more for myself and my family and my community. And I think that's so important. And what you said also about the beliefs, and this kind of segues into what you also really do with people, which is going to a different level of success and more about the legacy. And like, it's not just about the money is maybe are some of our limiting beliefs, quote unquote, or the things that get in our way is maybe like you said, maybe a lot of us don't want to have a billion dollars and have to do taxes on that and, and run that and have a team and people bothering us. Like maybe for some of us, like success is having enough money where it's not keeping up us up at night, but we have time to spend with our kids or we can have time for travel or 
I don't know what, take a nap under a tree in the middle of the day if that's what we want to do. So like, is that you like, is kind of tuning into like what your version of success is? Does that play a part in also like maybe lifting some of these blocks around money? It's definitely one piece. So being really honest and clear about Mm -hmm. who you truly are. And that's Mm. a process because there's so much we have to unlearn. So many Mm. ways of being that we have to examine because they might not be serving us actually. Like it could be detrimental. Like if I, for example, as a kid read those statistics and decided, oh, well, this statistic means like, you know, only 80% of children born to teen moms go on to get a bachelor's degree. Well, I guess that means I can't get a bachelor's degree. And then I make that my identity. That's, that's literally what we do. Then I become that identity. So I have to examine, is that actually me? Or did I borrow that somewhere? Let me give you another really great example. I was telling myself this story for so long that I was not athletic. Now, I mentioned earlier that I don't have great hand-eye coordination. Like, I don't have that coordination right there. But I made that mean that I was not athletic. And I was working with a friend who's also a coach in fitness, and I was explaining to him. And he was like, but wait, you're telling me you're not athletic, but you were dancing. I was a professional entertainer in my teenage years, I was dancing for like four hours straight. Then I go and I do my DNA and it like shows these markers. And it's like, oh, you have all of these markers of like that Olympic athletes have. And then I get my body typed and it's like, oh, this is like the most athletic body type. So I came into this life born with a vehicle that was all prepped and ready to go for athleticism in some format. But I put a limit on that when I borrowed the belief that because I couldn't shoot a ball, I wasn't athletic. Mm. Borrowed the belief. I like that. I borrowed that belief. We are all doing that all the time. And there's nothing wrong with that. That's actually part of being human. It's what makes us human. It's only when that's not serving us anymore that, okay, now we need to see, is it time for us to kind of let go of that? And maybe tap into another identity that's maybe a little bit more serving. Full transparency. What was the question that you asked me? Because I just got on a tangent. I know. I'm there. Well, what you said about like understanding our essence. It's a lifelong journey, but understanding the essence legacy. of what we really are. And legacy. Legacy. And yes. Yes. Okay. Back to legacy. Sorry, I get on these. I'm also a little ADD. So yeah, we're, we're rolling together. I'm like on the tangent with you. And I'm like, oh, was I supposed to be paying attention to the map? I forgot. I'm like, oh, yeah, let's. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, bring it. Rain it in. Rain it in. <laughs> I live for it, though. So legacy, most of us think of legacy only in terms of these really big names that you always remember, right? Like Martin Luther King or Abraham Lincoln We think that that's what legacy means and that we need to strive to achieve that. But what legacy actually is, is an unfolding of who we are being each and every day. Legacy is happening right now, whether or not you know it. So I'll give you an example. My father, may he rest in peace, 
was not a great father. And he passed away a few years ago. And he left a legacy, whether he wanted to leave one or not. And the legacy that he left was one of pain, mainly. And so his funeral was not a lively, joyful, like beautiful memories. Because each and every day he wasn't showing up in a loving, connected way with people. And most importantly, like, it starts at home. So I see so often with leaders, they get so obsessed with the impact that they're making with everyone else that they don't pay attention to the legacy that they're leaving with the people that actually care about them the most. Like, I love my clients. I hope that they love me to a degree. But like, when they're done, they're like, all right, on to the next, right? So we have to begin looking at who we are being now is what's creating the legacy. It's our character. It's how we actually bring the alignment into reality by structuring our life in such a way that it reflects our values in an honest way. Like I'm constantly looking at my business structure and who I have on my team and da 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 da. And I'm asking myself these questions of like, does this structure reflect what I envision for the future? So, for example, a lot of people give me a ton of shit and a ton of pressure because they want me to create like a linear step by step by step process for what in my perspective, is non-linear learning. It's an immersive style of learning. And so I've had to kind of rebel against that a little bit and make it very clear that the way that we've structured things is reflective of the paradigm that I'm inviting people into. Like the way that it's structured, the way that we do calls, like all of that, not just borrowed from someone else without thought to... Is it actually aligned? It's like leaving the like safety, quote unquote, of these certain structures to step into like alignment and authenticity. And and it, it's so interesting what you said about like when you create a container like that, too. It's so reflective of like trying to change your life. So we're going to have to try to do something a little differently. Like the paradigm has to be different if we want different results. But living in alignment with your values and creating structures around that personally has been such a theme for me and my clients, we know in January, the North Node, which is like the nodal esoteric point of the moon that really tells us like kind of our collective destiny line, our mystical homework, you know, for this like 18 months, like, okay, what are you going to do? Like during this time? And it was in Gemini, you know, from May of 2020 on, which was obviously a big time for us of Gemini things, learning new ideas, learning new words, questioning everything, turning things on its head. And now we move into this North Node in Taurus and it's been all about values to me and like restructuring your life to line into that values and kind of like pulling back, doing less, grounding down to like the heart, the body, nature, but really like first and foremost, like your value, getting really clear on it and really clear on like your values and then creating that like Taurian earth like structure. Like if, if you say that time with your family is one of your values or freedom or health and like and your iCal ain't reflecting that. Like it's, it's like this is the time to like, like 
do some <laughs> major reworking and I've had to do it too. I'm calling myself out because I'm like this whole like past whatever since January. And it's like such a constant curiosity and it's a process. And it's not just like three-step program. It's like every day showing up like, is this like in alignment with how I want to spend my time and my energy and my output? And there's something like what I like about legacy and what you said about like creating beyond achievement. It's so personal and it's such a journey. It's not just unfortunately like check, check, check. I made this money. I had that job title, I had the corner office, like, and I'm good. Like what you did with the sales job, you're like, I did the check, check, check. And I just arrived to like a big open echoey space. Of, like what? This is, this is what I thought to get to. So it does take a lot of like patience and curiosity is what I'm hearing about your, your process clearly and like open-mindedness because it's not just going to be like, here's a PDF template. <laughs> How to get your life together. Oh, I wish. PDF. I mean, you were, a PDF. I'm just like, check, check, check. Perfect. Done. Life complete different. So, but I, I like that. I'm the same way with my processes and my containers and my mentor, everything I do. I'm like, it's always feels circular, cyclical, like a fit. It's not something like, mm, we're going to be coming back to that probably too. We're going to like assess that, come back this constant, like also in the circle, like the unraveling, like the peeling back and getting really clear. So I think that in that we hear all the time, like it's not the destination it's the journey, which is like such a trite expression, but it truly is in this world. It's true. It's it so much because it's so damn true. <laughs> I'm like, guys, Literally the way that I've structured my mentorship. Now I may do like one-off things or, you know, short, shorter period things, but my mentorship, if you want to, you know, be mentored by me, it's about the journey. Like, yes, we talk about, it would be wonderful for you to create, you know, a million dollar a year business. And that's going to be inevitable, but let's focus on you creating a game that you want to play your life. Your business is a game that. You can either do what most people do, which is create it in such a way that you either win or you lose. Mm. You're either winning when you're, you know, hitting 100K months or you had a great launch or you're losing because you didn't and you just get to feel like crap all the time until you win. Or you can structure your life and your business in such a way that you get to win all the time because you're playing a game where... You win just by playing it. Mm, mm-hmm. Right. Just the showing up, just the playing it is the winning. Oh, I love that. And when I hear so much in that, it's just so much presence, like being so present to it too, because like, this is it. Yeah. Like, so, you know, that's the problem. I deal with so many visionaries, visionary by definition, very future focused all the time, which is beautiful. And I love it. And also we need you to be here, not in your imagination all the time. We need you to like bring that into, into now, which my Pisces son is like, I want to play in the ethers all the time. In the dream realm. Right. But I'm I need to come there. down. Right. Right. Like we got to come down. It's like here. Also, it's like happening right here. Like this is where it's all happening actually. And I love that. It's like the playing is such a good word. It's one of my favorite words like play and pleasure because they just inherently to me mean presence. Like watching children play. They're there. They're present. Even if they're using their imagination, they're playing in it. And like when you're in a moment of pleasure where they're like, oh my God, this chocolate tastes so good. This massage is so amazing. The sex is fucking amazing. It's like, I'm present. Like I'm here with that pleasure because it's like right here. So I love again, the paradigm shift talking about your business of like a game you want to play. 
perfection. Like perfection, you get it immediately. Like it's it. You're doing it. You're showing up every day with a sense of like, okay, playing the game. There might be a challenge. This might be a hard team I'm playing today, but like there's still that. Oh, so, so good. So many good juicy wisdom pearls here. And I guess like, you know, we're beyond conscious of your time because I'm sure like people probably tell you all the time, we could just talk for hours. We have so much to share. Um, is there like, even though we just said all of that is like the journey is nonlinear. There's not a PDF, but is there, you know, we, we call what we do like giving out cosmic prescriptions because I like you said with the root cause, I feel like everything you know, spirituality, it's like getting to the root of something, right? Getting to the source and then figuring that out from there. And I love a prescription, my Virgo, Pisces moon. When I first started getting into the healing, expansive work, I mean, I, I grew up with it. My aunt taught me a lot about it, but when I got into it as an adult, I would just walk away from like an amazing reading or a divination or a cool class. And, and I would just walk away and be like, okay, but like my Virgo be like, but what am I doing? Like what, but wait, what? Like I feel amazing. My Pisces moon was like, yes, like firing all cylinders. Like, yes, like we are infinite beings. Yes, 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 healing, healing. And then I'd walk home. I'm like, wait, what? My Virgo's like, what am I supposed to be doing again? Um, So <laughs> I always like to end the podcast with just like a cosmic prescription, you know, one, like a tool or a takeaway or just something. It could be a book, a quote. I don't care what it is, but just something who like, Somebody who's listening to this right now is just so fired up and their soul's all activated and they're tingly. But like, what's something people can do? What's, what's an embodied tool? What's, what's a takeaway? Something they could start to integrate into the, into the now, into the right here. Um, what anything that's coming up for you, anything that feels present for you. Yeah. It would feel wrong of me to not also give the energetic piece, but I'm going to give you both. I'm going to give, do both and here. So the frequency or the energy that you need to understand is that, that I want to share at least today, is that your body is your altar. Mm. Okay. Our body is our altar. It is the place where we connect with spirit each and every day. Mm. So my prescription from that is for you to begin treating your body like the divine vessel that it is. And for me, that looks like adorning my body with really great quality makeup. It, to me, it's just divine to have my nails done. By the way, these are my nails. Like when I started treating my nails with reverence, look at how they grow, you know, feeding your body divine foods, not just trash from Taco Bell. <laughs> These things seem really, really small and kind of mundane, but my belief is that we can find the sacred in the mundane, but we are the ones who bring awareness. It's all in us allowing ourselves to be present fully with that action instead of doing what most of us do, which is just operating on autopilot, trying to get our shower done. Like we're not actually even in our bodies showering, you know? So there are multiple things there, but the important piece there is to bring presence and awareness, intention to something mundane every day to treat your body as an altar. Mm, I love that invitation because it's big and it's simple and it's small, but it's big and expansive and there's room, right? It's not like you have to do this or this has to be a morning routine. You have to eat this way, but it's like one thing a day, right? One thing a day and back to that presence and the altar. And 
Absolutely. Oh, so beautiful. Thank you. That is so juicy. Okay. So where can people find you? What's the best way for people? Like, are you taking private clients? Is it more like, tell us about like people who are like, okay, all right, I'm, I'm ready to work with Mikosi. How do we do it? Yes. Yeah, so right now, primarily I work in group format. I find a lot of people who come to me, they, they're like, but I want one-on-one because I don't like people. And I'm like, well, that's part of your work. Let's explore that. That's actually why I structured it this way. Because, honey, (laughs) you're not going to heal in a silo. You really do need connection and relationship. So I have two main containers right now. One of them is really for anyone who's kind of on their ascent. And really the focus is mostly on them as an individual. So maybe they're a solopreneur. And then my higher level container, those tend to be entrepreneurs who, you know, have teams, maybe that they're at the mid to high uh, six figures, seven figures, eight figures, but the heart is the same. And at that level, we're talking more about team responsibility, big vision, so on and so forth. Whereas in my other container, Ascension, more of the focus is on allowing yourself to receive and to experience prosperity and abundance yourself so that you can prepare yourself for the next level where now, you know, you're able to give from overflow. Mm. Oh, I love that. Okay. Beautiful. Perfect. 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 And then obviously we'll link to your website, your show notes. And just to end, is there anything like what's next? Is something exciting or amazing that you're excited to experience or bring out in the world or like what's lighting up Makosi? Yeah. Right now I've been working on my book uh, since the beginning of the year. I've known for years that this book was going to come out and it is, I didn't have the intention for it to be so spiritual, but it is quite a spiritual tome, but in a very practical way, because that's my jam. I, I jam on practicality. And I knew that I needed to speak it. And so I've been being interviewed by my ghostwriter for months now. And it is it is an incredible work that is coming through. So hopefully that'll be ready by early 2023. Oh, I love that. I am very excited. I will buy that on pre-sale so hard. I'm like, I'm there for this. There's certain people I'm like, I need to like just... Like, I wish I could spend a whole day with you, but I'm like, I will do it through your book. So thank you so much for coming on. I love all of your takes. And again, just, I love like this soul alignment of you saying things that my heart's feeling, but putting it into such beautiful, eloquent, articulate, clear language. It's such a gift. So thank you for being here and everyone go definitely give her a follow, check out all of her work. Clearly I'm fangirling. So thank you so much for coming on Makosi. Thank you so much for having me. This has been amazing and so much fun. Do you love getting your Cosmic RX for the week here and want more? Make sure to sign up for our premium subscription so you can get exclusive access to bonus podcast episodes, all of my astrology info for the month ahead, and live new and full moon calls to help you manifest your dream life with an intentional international community of other cosmic baddies. Sign up through our link in show notes. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. If you want to know more about Cosmic Rx, head on over to thecosmicrx.com. And if you really love this show, I'd love it if you left a rating and review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to podcasts. 
I super love hearing from you and reading your reviews. All right, you cosmic baddie, tune in next week. And until then, remember, love yourself fully, work your magic, and take no shit.